This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role-playing and collaborative storytelling. Recorded Thursday, August 8th of 2019, it's episode 159. In this episode, Jenny and Peter collaboratively create a setting for a game Jenny's preparing to run for kids. Plus, our favorite items we've created for use in a game, City in a Hole Gaming, Peritons, Thakwas, and Forcefield Goats, and more. Welcome to Saving the Game. I'm Peter. And I'm Jenny. And we are missing Grant this week. However... It's for good. Yeah, it's not for anything terrible. He and his family are at a lovely vacation on the seashore, occasionally sending us... Beautiful pictures. Yeah, like They're, they're in a beautiful, beautiful place. Stuff. I don't yeah. even know where they are, <laughs> but it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhere on the east coast of the U.S. I, yeah. I forget exactly where it was, and it's probably better that way, but it, wherever it is, it's beautiful, and mm-hmm. they seem to be having a wonderful time. So mm-hmm. Grant will be back next episode, and hard to fault him in the meantime. Yes. Uh, do we have anything else or nothing that isn't topic relevant yeah i don't think i really have anything either uh we haven't been gaming a whole lot lately just because of life stuff unfortunately Mm -hmm. so i guess we can just kind of patreon question pull right through this and yeah get our question in here all right uh this one comes from tom stevens what is your favorite item you've created for use in a game created for use in a game yeah, this works out well with, uh, with this, the topic. Uh, topic, yeah. I don't know that I've ever made an item. I've made characters. I don't know that I've ever made an item. I can answer this one easily. Uh, a Terry sword from the motorcycle gang. Yeah. The motorcycle game that <gasps> required her to dive bomb to unlock abilities. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that one. And it took surprisingly long. <laughs> For the dive bomb to work, to level up that item. Yeah, so because the, the listeners are probably scratching their heads a little bit, uh, early on in the motorcycle game, Jenny's character who could fly decided she wanted to do like a dive bomb attack with her sword at an opponent on the yeah, ground. because I have a rapier and, yeah. and it's have had, my character had a rapier and it's really good for like, like, like jabbing things. It's not a slashing thing. It's really excellent for dive bombs. Yeah, so a lot of puncturing force behind it and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, in real life, you'd probably be worried about the thing snapping off. But hey, it's D&D. <laughs> so, so I was kind of like, well, there's not really rules for this. So I was like, yeah, I'll make some. It turned out to be kind of difficult. Um, it would have gotten much easier if they'd leveled up. She could have probably almost done it at will by the time she reached level 10 or so, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, for sure. Because it was based on a dex save, right? Or a dex check. Among other things, yeah. It was, and, and it was one of those needlessly complicated and... homebrewed things, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> she tried and she wasn't successful. And she's, you know, she was talking to me about how she really wanted to make it work out of game. So I was like, all right, well, this is a perfect ability for her sword to have. And poor Terry face planted into the ground, what, three times before At she least. pulled it off successfully and got it to work? At least three. I want to say it was four because I recall, like, the number of of the the try that worked being significant, so I want to say it was five because the the fifth. Okay. I think it was the fifth one that worked. I, I I could be very wrong about that. I don't know. Well, um, and you said you can't remember ever having I, actually created an item in game. Huh? Nothing, nothing really special. Like like for for every character that I make that has like weaponry or anything like that, I do try to sort of sketch out at least mentally what I think that weapon looks like, but it never really changes the the mechanics of the item. 
Um, that said, if we're if we're going just pure you got a cool look for an item. One of my very first D&D characters actually had a quarterstaff uh, that she used as her magical focus. It didn't really matter for the mechanics, but it was her magical focus. And I said, after we discovered that she was the only, the wizard in the party was the only character with a bludgeoning weapon, I said, cool, I put a big metal ball on the end of my quarterstaff. <laughs> and it, it, was, it, it looked like a really rough, Sort of like, you know, um, when people make really nice spheres out of tinfoil, like you just hammer it and hammer it and hammer it over and over again. And you sure, make Sure, and then you kind of polish smooth. it on a rough surface. And- yeah, it looked sort of like that, but it was made of steel. <laughs> so, yeah, I this think- This is the staff of thwacking, huh? Yeah, the big old staff of thwack. We made jokes because the movie was much more relevant at the time that, that Davina was basically- the Yoda of the group, because because at that point episodes one, two, and three of of Star Wars were especially relevant, and and Yoda fought like crazy, uh, all jumping all over the place, and so we sort of joked that Davina was a bit like that because she was a halfling. Anyway, and here I thought it was going to be Ganelon's tiny sunglasses, but no, because <laughs> I didn't make I didn't make that up. I saw tiny sunglasses and said want. I didn't make that up. <laughs> That is fair. The big metal ball on the end of a quarterstaff, I did make that up, and I'm pretty dang proud of that. I'm also pretty dang proud of the uh, motorcycle in the motorcycle game, because I was like, I want this, but sidecar. And I, you know what? I count that as enough creation, because like the kind of motorcycle that I chose for, for a Terry, I don't think would have enough power to carry a sidecar on it. <laughs> it was a pretty like small skeletonized thing. Yeah, like it's it's meant for racing, if I'm recalling correctly. It's meant for like being the lightest and fastest, not for hauling a sidecar or trailer or anything. It's it's meant to have very light things on it. Such as a person with bird bones. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if you're the flying person, being able to, you know, go off a ramp and then just let go of the bike seems like yeah. a you know. Exactly. All right. Well, it was a longer answer than I expected yeah. it to be. Um, thank you, Tom. And uh, just a reminder, if you would like to get on our question asking table, backing us at any level on Patreon, as little as a buck a month, uh, we'll get you access to that. And also our show outlines where you can see all of the goofy pictures and stuff we leave for each other as this is part the of the first, show prep. This is the first <laughs> one I've ever put in the show notes. I'm first pretty sure it's the first one, one ever. But ever, yeah. If you are if you are curious about this, <laughs> now you know how to find out. All right, let's do our scripture and get on to our main topic here because right. this should be an interesting one and kind of looking forward to it. So, right. what do you want here? Um, I'll take Joshua and Hebrews if you take Exodus. Exodus, okay. So this is Exodus thirty-one one to eleven. Then the Lord said to Moses, "See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri." the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the Ark of the Covenant Law with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, 
the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offerings and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. And Joshua, chapter 21, verses 41 through 45. The towns of the Levites in the territory held by the Israelites were forty-eight in all, together with their pasture lands. Each of these towns had pasture lands surrounding it. This was true for all these towns. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. And Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, main topic, we make a town. Yeah, um, a, a little bit more context on this here. Yeah. Jenny and I have worked together on creative projects a couple of times. It's been relatively small stuff. Yeah, and specifically for role-playing games. Yeah, we we did um, a pair of characters for something that I think, unfortunately, is never going to happen because a lot of other stuff has happened. Life things have happened, and it's been, I think at this point, multiple years, or at least least a year and a half. Yeah. That since since the the project was mentioned. It's been right around a year, actually, because I think it was... Right about the time when Alan and Ashley Mowers from the Minmax podcast went off to Scotland, that we did that. Yeah, it would and have been around this time. that was a little yeah. over a year ago, so maybe like 14 months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It hasn't been a super, super long time, but I, I still think it's probably never going to happen that we get to play those yeah. characters, which is a shame. It is. Those were cool. They were. Um, maybe we can ask Ryan. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Yeah, maybe... Although, tieflings and warlocks, I mean... Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind, never mind. I forgot they were <laughs> both that. <laughs> I mean, they're both neutral good, and they're both celestial yeah, warlocks, sure, but still. Yeah, for sure, Anyway, we made twins. We made twin characters. Yeah, a, a pair of fraternal twins mm-hmm. from a noble family that had come out as tieflings, and nobody really knew why, and so they were like, oh, there's this infernal taint in our family, and we want to cleanse that, and... They were partnered up with some celestials that had like a unicorn-like form. It was neat. We did all kinds of, you know, design on them, and that turned out really cool. And Mm -hmm. we also designed uh, Magali Dabina, better known as High Flats, in my motorcycle game. Which is the city that my character was from. Yeah, and you can see the results of that on the, the blog, but we have never actually sat down and collaborated on something on air. And on purpose. It's always sort yeah. of happened by accident. <laughs> well, the the city was pretty much on purpose. I mean... Uh, kind of. You you were sort of like, like, hey, can you give me a basic outline on where your character's from? And I'm like, okay, I got, got a couple ideas. And, and then we just sort of accidentally built off that and built off our own, each other's ideas for like an yeah, hour and a I half. Guess, yeah, I guess that was kind of the the thing that made me decide that I wanted to do the collaborative posts. And I got you and I got Chrissy and I never got anybody else in the game. And I was sad, but yeah. oh, well, eh, whatever. At any rate, um, we have a short but illustrious history of 
working together and it going pretty well. So we decided we'd give it a shot on air here. Yeah. So um, specifically because I am about to throw myself into a thing that about a year ago I said I straight up would not do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I'm probably going to be running a game at my library for kids like ages. I, I, I've put the, the age limit ages 10 and up because I, I need the kids to be able to really read and really do math and and i'm not willing to be like teaching very basic things like that so so 10 and up is is where i'm i'm leaving it they need to be able to read the dice and understand arithmetic basically and and the demographics of my library are shifting a little bit we've had some families move away and some new families come in Demographics have shifted, and a lot of kids, as soon as they come into the library, they immediately see the D&D display that I have set up, and they're like, <gasps> Please Plot let must. me play. Please, <laughs> yeah. can we play? I'm like, okay, fine. Now now that enough kids actually are here who you know actually know what it is, I'm comfy running something for you know a bunch of tweens and, and preteens. Just to be explicit, we're using 5e here, yes, right? Yes, D&D 5e, yes. And I, I also said that I'd like to limit it, at least for now, to a town or or a, a large town, small city kind of thing. Okay. And for tech level, we're looking at about 1,500 to 1,700 or so sailing yeah. ships and gunpowder, but not rifling cased bullets, engines, radio, no. that sort of thing. No. So I don't want to mess with the mechanics of that. It's 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 lots. <laughs> it's well, you got to start roping in third party material for that stuff anyway. Exactly. So. Yeah. So yeah, and I also have straight up said that magic and at least some standard fantasy tropes are a must just so that everyone has at the table has a a sort of um common understanding of what's going on at the very very basic level. Like I'm I'm not going to be bringing in steampunk too terribly much. I'm not going to be doing too too much outside of like, you know, standard Lord of the Rings fantasy tropes. At least hopefully not. I, I'd love to put some animal people in there, because me and birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and birds. Me and Kinku, birds. tabaxi, lizard folk, that sort of thing. I've, al- I've also got a history with centaurs. Not a very long history, but centaurs are cool. Um, yeah, centaurs so, are pretty cool. They're so, they're so good. Um, I played one in a one-shot once. I was hmm. kind of sad that I didn't get more time to do that. But yeah. anyway... Um, so let's start with, okay, I had this idea actually while looking through scripture for this episode, and I like the idea that the basic, very, very basic role of this city is something similar to the cities of refuge as as described in the Old Testament, where basically if you have done something bad without bad intent, you can come here and be safe from, you know, death. Okay, so that that gives me one idea immediately. Okay. What kind of, like, religion and cosmology are you doing here? Are you going to do the monotheistic thing, or do you have a pantheon? Monotheistic because I am a simple person. <laughs> All right, so there's the the local church is a, as good a place to start as any. Okay. Um, based on what you just told me, let's go ahead and subvert the tropes, and the local priest is a tiefling. Cool. I love that. Probably a neutral, good life cleric tiefling. Mm. So I guess the the real question is here, do we want to take, for this person, do we want somebody who has been through a lot just because of what they look like and has kind of Mm. volunteered for this job to help other people in that scenario? Or do we want somebody who used to be bad and is now good? 
I think used to be bad and is now good is something the kids that I'll be working with will understand, but not necessarily have a lot of experience with. Does that make sense? Like everybody, literally everyone I know has gotten bullied for their appearance before. And so there's, there's that common level there. But I don't think a the completed redemption will... arc is going to resonate as much. Mm. Okay, no, I mean, if you've got kids that have been bullied, I mean, like the whole got picked on for having horns and a tail thing. That's that's a great like. It is, but like what I'm saying is that I want to present them with something slightly different from what they know. So I, I'd, I'd prefer. We can always the... put that in. We can always put that in elsewhere. But yeah, if you're going to have this be fair. the religious leader of the town, yeah, maybe it should be somebody who connects to their experiences. Mm, yeah, that actually does make sense. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so, um... Ah! (laughs) (laughs) The outline is not cooperating. Okay. (laughs) So since we're making the church be a very culturally central point, I'm going to say put the church basically at the center of, or like right downtown at, at the very least. Maybe not directly center of town, but like... Actually, you know what? Since this is a sanctuary city... Maybe make it in town, have four roads going away from it, one to each of the gates, and then this is like the central point where you come in from any direction and you present yourself as somebody who needs sanctuary. Oh, hey, let's be weird and let's make it five roads. All right. I don't know why. I I like the idea of a pentagonal city. Like a a star kind of a thing? Yeah. Almost? Yeah. Okay. I I don't know why (laughs) I like that idea, but I do. I mean... Lyrics from We Three Kings just popped into my head, you know, following Yonder mm, Star. Because, yeah. like, because, like, I also, I also want to, I, I also personally want to avoid direct cross imagery. I that might not go over so well with some of the families, or uh, I don't think that necessarily. It's just I don't want to do Christianity in fantasy. I'm not super good at directly transplanting real world. Oh, hello. I'm not very good at transplanting things directly from our real world in terms of cultural symbols and stuff like that to a fantasy setting without feeling like I'm going to simplify it too much or or anything like that. So I would rather not have such a direct allegory. No, that that's that's fair. As somebody who's been trying to do that in a setting, it's not easy. Yeah. So <laughs> Oh, idea. Idea for the five thing. So All right. And this is going to make things a lot easier for me in terms of keeping the players where I where I want them to be. The five-sided shape thing, can that be like... I feel like that can be a shape that can be found in a crater, just geographically speaking. Um, oh, okay. So there's like a meteor or... strike and the, the crater kind of forms the walls of the city. And... Yeah, yeah. Okay, then maybe some towers have gotten built up on yeah. top of them or something. Yeah, okay, so if we put it in a crater, hear me out here. I'm, I'm listening. Okay, I'm I'm trying to, to find good words, and I'm going to write them out so that they're out. Natural cave mines. Okay. Does that make oh. sense? So, like, the crater busted through the earth and, like, opened up these caves, and now there's mines. Does that make sense? Okay, I'll, I'll give you also something that I used in... Um, the setting for that motorcycle game, mm-hmm. maybe the the meteor that struck had some kind of useful element in it. Maybe it was like mithril mm. or adamantine or something. Okay. So there's deposits of that scattered all through the walls, and maybe people mine those out a little bit. Okay, that's that's a good idea. I'm wondering if the city sort of 
protects certain nodes and uses them for magical purposes for like defense and stuff like that. Okay, you can you can use like a chunk of this naturally occurring whatever to like anchor a ward or something like that. Yeah, that seems yeah. kind of cool. Okay, so we've we've got this city that's kind of like this very safe place for like the fearful and the dejected to go to and you know mm-hmm. people who are trying to escape the consequences of things that were bad that didn't have bad intent behind them. Mm-hmm. But it's still a city, right? You yeah. Know, what what kind of industry is this place going to have that actually runs the local economy, especially if this is going to be a place that has to be able to take in people from the outside and shelter them yeah. for some amount of time? Yeah. I was thinking of, like, natural mine. Like, there are caves surrounding the city that lead to mines of normal rock. Okay, so... They're pulling things like granite or marble or granite, marble, that sort of thing out of them all. Iron, the maybe. I, I don't know if iron yeah, occurs with I those mean, things, but it does now. This is no, a fantasy world. Well, the other thing, too, is iron is like super common on Earth. So like mm-hmm. most of the inside of the planet is made up of iron. So mm-hmm. deposits of it can be found basically anywhere. Yeah. Yes, geologists, I'm sure I'm oversimplifying vastly, but yeah, iron's real common. It's, you know, it's very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so the, the the mining is actually something that, like, the constant influx of labor can benefit from, too, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we can always use more people in the mines, and since we're just mining, like, stone and iron, you're not going to get, like, black lung or something from, yeah. like, coal or, you know, it's it's uh, it's maybe not the most fun work, but it's relatively wholesome. And maybe for people who are really claustrophobic, let's say... You know, just standard, like, grain farming and sheep herding, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you've got this massive crater, you've probably got, like, some hills on the outside of it or, Mm -hmm. you know, that you could tend sheep on. Yeah. In general, I was thinking, I don't know, I'm just thinking of a very rocky area. Um, So not necessarily good for, like, vegetable crops or grains or anything like that, but, like, animals and livestock. But, I mean, like. Goats. Goats deal, you know, with rocks pretty well. Oh, they deal with well. everything. Yeah, goats would probably adapt to force fields and stuff if they had to. <laughs> yep. In the same vein as Blink Dog, force field goat! <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Butts you with its horns and then puts up a force field and just yeah. bleats at you as you glare at it. Oh, I love <laughs> that idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so far what we have, we have a sanctuary city. That's been built in, in in an ancient crater, so it has natural walls surrounding it. Um, there are mines and mining opportunities available and uh, deposits of magic rock, which I'm sure I'll find a name for, which can be both mined, but also preserved as nodes for specific magical purposes. And we've got livestock farmed around the perimeter uh, of the city. Yep. And we have a monotheistic church with a tiefling local priest. Do we want to dedicate this church to a saint? I know you really liked our yeah. saints episode. We could always do that. Yeah. You know what? The kids in my town really know saints a lot because it's it's the... Oh, uh, oh, oh. Maybe, it's the, maybe the saint is the reason why it's a sanctuary city in the first place. I love that. I love that idea. Okay. So do, do we want this to be like a, a Mother Teresa kind of a thing where they just mm. did a whole bunch of good or maybe somebody who was like martyred fleeing from pursuers and it's dedicated to them because of that? Hmm. I'd personally lean towards the latter, but Same. it's your call. I, 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 I want there to be something specific to this person had a need. Maybe the need was not fulfilled and the church took up the cause to provide 
that need to others who need it. Does that make sense? That was a lot of need. Okay, here's here's an idea. <laughs> okay. This person was trying to get to Sanctuary. They were being pursued by other people. They were a saint because they helped a bunch of other people over the long course of this journey. Their pursuers caught up to them as they were on the steps of the church. They were shot in the back fatally with an arrow, and mm. the arrowhead is a relic that's on display in the church. I love that. Okay. And then maybe there's like an inn, like some number of miles outside that's, you know, St. Whatever's in because that was a place where they stopped that was like the last place they stopped and Mm -hmm. helped somebody before they made it into the city and that's when their pursuer started to catch them maybe maybe something like that yeah Eh, it's a a thought (laughs) yeah nebulous idea it's outside the city it doesn't matter right now yeah that's kind of a joke kind of not i do i i do eventually want the kiddos to venture outside the city but i'd like at least well, here's for what now. I'm, I'm thinking there is like if the characters aren't from the city, that could maybe be like their last stop before they enter the city. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. OK, so we've got a bunch of stuff about the church and the city itself mm-hmm. and not a whole lot else. So what else do we want in this city? Citizens to make it a city okay. with Zen. I'm going to pun that better later, I'm sure. All right, so let's say that because this is, you know, the city has the nature that it does, mm-hmm. first of all, like, it's a standard D&D world, humans are everywhere, right? Yeah, so for sure. humans are probably the most common thing, but let's say that this has an unusually high percentage of races that are commonly thought of as bad, okay, but aren't necessarily so. You'll find a lot of goblinoids here, you'll find mm-hmm. a number of orcs here, mm-hmm. the tiefling population is larger than usual, Okay, and one of the things that outside visitors probably have to come to grips with is there's all these groups that they probably don't like mm-hmm. around, and they're not hurting anybody and they have to come to grips with their own prejudices over it. Yes. So okay. there's there's a lot of quote unquote savage humanoids in this town because those, you know, are the sort of people that might have like a, a rougher, you know, life where they do something that they regret and have to seek sanctuary. Or don't do something and are yeah. pinned with something. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like you know, if your tribe is made up of, you know, bandits and you don't want to kill the people that you stopped on the road, that could get you in very badly with your own people. So mm-hmm. So let's write down lots of people. Uh, I'm going to write down a list of more common fantasy races, and then we can rank them. Okay. So orcs, tieflings, goblinoids, and humans. I'm also going to say dwarves because rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Probably not very many elves in this town. Probably not. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Orcs, tieflings, no, You don't ever hear that much about those rock elves. Although gnomes no. might be around. Uh, gnomes and halflings, yeah. <laughs> Little non-goblinoid folks. Okay. Yeah. So you probably need like some organizations at this point, right? You've, you've yeah. got to have like businesses, places where these people work. Yeah. I have always enjoyed the idea of the guild system in Belgium, which I honestly don't know much about. I just know that there were guilds and they got cool houses. <laughs> Okay, you know slightly more than I do because cool. you knew there was a guild system in Belgium. So, oh yeah, like that's that's what the there's a specific style of house that you think of that or that a lot of people think of when they think of Belgium, and those are generally not people houses; those are guild houses. Interesting. Very tightly packed, very tall, because they were all trying to be as tall as they could, so taller than all the other guild houses, without being taller than the church. 
It led to some very interesting rivalries and some very interesting things put on top of roofs. I I don't necessarily want to go with that specific thing, but I would like for there to be guild houses in in the sense that... Why does the mining guild have a giant chicken on the roof? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um... (laughs) Because they could. Because the Carpenter's Guild stuck a giant, like, you know, (laughs) albatross on their roof the other month, and the chicken was taller. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know exactly what the guild houses were used for, but I've always enjoyed the idea that the guild will take care of its own. So if you work with this guild, you are always guaranteed the very base necessities. Well, and that feeds directly into the guild artist and background in the 5e player's handbook, so that's perfect. So that's exactly how that works. Okay. So Bertrand is one. I, I'm familiar with that background in particular. So, yeah. okay. So obviously there's a miners guild because of course there is. It's one of the primary industries in the city. Yeah. So guild houses, we've got the miners. Um, I'd say we have the forgers as well. Yeah, definitely. There's a word for that. That isn't forger. Smith. Smith. Yes. Smithing. Carpentry. Yep. Stoneworkers. Okay, so usually agriculture of any kind doesn't have a guild, but however, is the city the exception to that? Is there I'd like a sheep so. herders guild? Yeah, shepherds guild. Okay, like a maybe a growers one as well. It covers like uh, both the the people like raising grain and you know the orchard and tenders and vineyard mm, keepers. If there's hey, any of those greenhouse, what if okay. there's a cool greenhouse? Well, I'll leave it as greenhouse guild for now. Um, just because <laughs> like town gonna be named Lestant. <laughs> Uh, no, because it's not a desert. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Anyways. Yeah. So we've got miners, smithing, carpentry, stoneworkers, shepherds, greenhouse. Glass? Glass workers? Glass blowers? Lamp worker? I, I think that's the proper name for it, lamp working. I, I think if you're actually making like glass stuff, I think it would be glass blowers guild. I'm trying to but... remember because there's lamp working and glass workers and they're different and I don't remember why. I mean, why. like... Glass workers. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe like... Jewelers? Lamplighter slash watchman, maybe, is just a, a different organization. Mm. We can come back to that later. We're going to we need can. to get into the civic government a little bit and stuff. We can. But- there's there's one last, and I'm not sure if it's... You know what? Let's make it a guild. Um, I was thinking of maybe putting in sort of like, not exactly bounty hunters, but like odd jobsmen. So like the, the, the players can start off as odd jobsmen. Okay, and- the, the term for that is factotum. Cool. Factotum. I've never heard of that word before. It's, it ba- means basically exactly what you, you said. Yeah. Factotum. An employee who does all kinds of work. Okay. So is that maybe like the euphemistic title for the Adventurer's Guild? Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sounds sounds about right. Okay, so probably the next thing to tackle is city government, right? Yeah. Can I so- say... Uh, I, I don't want it to be guild run. What about there's... No mayor. There's a bunch of councillors, but none of them are really. There's no one person in charge. Like aldermen in a city council, kind of a thing. I don't really know what aldermen are, but more like just councillors share all the duties. Well, the uh, aldermen, as I understand it, <laughs> are basically like they represent a, a ward or a, a particular part of the city, and then they get together in the city council and yeah, hash things out. Sounds about right. So right, let me so. make sure I'm using the term correctly. I should know this. Chicago has them and Alderman, an elected member of a municipal council. Okay, so they're exactly cool. what I thought. They're, yeah. 
Okay, so actually that lets you have a little bit of democracy, too. Yeah. Because they, they have to, like, be elected in the ward that they're serving. Yeah. And there's got to be somebody who breaks ties and who, like, manages yeah. the parliamentary procedure, though. So who's I that? Think, I think there, sh- there must be an odd number of aldermen. Okay. I have another suggestion, too. Okay. There is a position that is for life. It is... Uh, they are appointed by the entire council. They can be removed if they're... Deemed unfit. You know, if they're deemed unfit. But, like, the head judge of the city sits in on um, council meetings and acts uh, as, like, an arbiter and handles the parliamentary procedure in addition to, like, trying court cases. Okay. One arbiter. I like I like the idea yeah. of arbiter for the okay. title. Okay, and you know that guy's a dwarf. <laughs> There's just some like there's know. this just this this gruff, gray bearded, like steely eyed old dwarf who just is tired of everybody's nonsense. And... I don't know. I can actually picture a tiefling, the most tired tiefling you've ever seen. Okay, that would work too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can figure out like specific names and and stuff for for people later. Or or you can just take the notes that we wind up with here and just you know wander over to the fantasy name generator yeah. thing. Yeah, I've also been thinking of, like, collaborating with the kids on making characters that they're going, on, on making NPCs that they're, they're going to see again and again together. I, I feel like that would help them all remember the NPCs a bit better <laughs> if they all made them together. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right, so how does the city enforce its laws? We've got a pretty good idea of how they make them. There's the, you know, the city council, mm-hmm. but... Uh, do they have, like, a watch? I was thinking maybe, like, the Lamplighters slash City Watch are yeah. another group that, you know, they, they patrol the streets, but they also are kind of in charge of keeping things lit. Maybe they also kind of work as a little bit of a fire brigade, too, yeah, if need be. Yeah, sort of be. general safety personnel. Yeah, not just cops, you know? Yeah. I like that idea. May I expand upon it? It's your setting, Jenny. <laughs> You're the, okay. You've got veto on everything here, so. Okay. It's not just a buddy system. There must be three people in a group. Actually, uh, four. I, I'm I'm going with the rules that that we were given on school trips to foreign foreign places, where we had to have four people in a group, so that if one person got hurt, another person could stay with them, and then the buddies could go get help. Gotcha. Okay. I I almost want to say that at least one person in there must be a magic user, but okay. I don't know if that's too. Once again, I mean, this is your setting. How common do you want magic to be? Or you could also look at it like, you know, maybe this person is technically a magic user, but they've only got like cantrips and maybe one first level spell or something. And, you know, the only spell they know is like create water that they can use to douse fires with and stuff. So here's a question for you. Um, Is it possible to learn magic just through pure study or do you have to have some kind of inborn talent? I've never liked the inborn talent trope. I think I think okay. everyone should be able to learn magic in in the same way that like I can learn how to paint, but somebody is going to be better at painting just naturally than I am. Sure. Okay. So Stuff then like you that. need a magic school in this city because if yes. there's all these people that are going to be able to use it, then they have to be learning it somewhere. So okay. what's that called? Where's it located? Who's in charge of it? Um. Hmm. I mean, you could do a mages guild, but I'm I'm thinking almost something more like a university might be more fun, yeah. and they don't actually have a guild system. I think a mages guild would be a little not exactly redundant, but um, I feel like mages are involved heavily in all of the guilds already 
at certain levels and like yeah because magic's versatile yeah and, and like there there may be a city out there somewhere where there is a dedicated mages guild where all they do is just study magic all day but i like the idea probably a much larger city I'm a guessing. much larger city and i like the idea of this city being much more of a workers city like you are here to do probably physical labor if, if you are not here to do physical labor you are here to at least help with it if you want to facilitate go, it in some way or yeah. facilitate it or 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 do medicine things or, or some, something like that like you are helping directly with the running of the city if you are not doing anything else Okay, so like some kind of a magical college or something. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and lean into the the uh, stereotypes a little bit so not everything is a subversion and okay. make the, the head of that some high elf okay. that came here basically just to teach magic. Okay. Eh, let's, let's make that a her, though. So I got like about 400 or so middle-aged for an elf, but yeah. she's probably been doing this for at least 200 years and she'll be able to keep doing it for at least 200 more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot of stability there, you know, kind of one mm -hmm. guiding vision over mm -hmm. this thing for a long time. All right. Okay. So we got a magic school, government city watch. Um, I think there should be a hospital. Okay. Well, then once once we finish with that, we need to start talking about like what kind of crime exists in this city. Yeah. Because you know there is some. Oh, for sure. Wild idea. Let's have the church and the magic school be connected by the hospital. Okay, so you you come to the church for sanctuary. They can take you in the front door of the church, shuttle you over to the hospital if you need treatment, mm -hmm. and then the magic school can, you know, if you're really being, you know, ferociously pursued, can throw up some wards or something to yeah. discourage pursuit. And Okay, that also kind of gets rid of the whole, like, the church and the wizards don't like each other yeah. thing, which is nice. Because uh, yeah. that's very tired. It's so tired. And, like, I do like a good trope, but I'm tired of that one. You know, actually, what that also um, opens up the possibility for is you could make a couple of mages with that uh, Theurge arcane tradition that mm, yeah. went up on uh, Unearthed Arcana a little while ago. Yeah. So I don't know too much about that one, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to looking more into it. It keys off of a domain, so you can mm -hmm. even have wizards with a little bit of healing ability if you give them, like, the life domain or I think even the grave domain. Okay. Yeah, so there, there's some fun stuff that you can do there, too. Definitely. So let's let's do a quick rundown again. What right. we have is a sanctuary city built in an ancient crater, natural mine stuff, deposits of magic rock that, you, that are used for a whole bunch of stuff, livestock around the perimeter. We have a local priest in a church in a central location, probably named after a saint. The city is pentagonal. Lots of different people, mostly orcs, tieflings, and goblinoids, with also humans, dwarves, and uh, gnomes and halflings, uh, and at least one elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got guild houses. There are eight, eight main guilds. We've got miners, smithing, carpentry, stoneworkers, shepherds, greenhouse, glassworkers, and factotum. In terms of government, there is no mayor. We have uh, aldermen. We have yet to decide how many. Um, I don't want there to be too many, but um, I'm going to... We forgot to write down odd number. An odd number of Eleven. aldermen. Eleven. You've got two wards per side of the city and then a central ward that has like the, the church and the wizard school and maybe some upper class neighborhoods in it. Cool. I like it. And then one arbiter who is sort of the tiebreaker slash calm down children kind of person. <laughs> the chaperone as you've got I, it I've got it written down as chaperone. Yeah. Oh, look, it's me at work. Um... <laughs> Oh, t today was a rough one, by the way. <laughs> there was a lot of noise. Um, and oh, we've dear. also got 
Uh, the city watch, which is more like general safety personnel, they deal with fire. I'd say medical emergency, possibly. Like they get you to the hospital. Yeah. Well, your magic user probably, you know, has mostly clerical spells. So you've yeah. got like spare the dying, light, and create or destroy water. Probably yeah. is the you know the two cantrips and the one first level spell that they're all trained in, and then it probably varies from there. But yeah. And then we've got um, the magic school with the high elf uh, headmistress, and we've got a hospital that is connected to both the magic school and the church building. So now crime. Yep. Huh. Well, the obvious thing here is smuggling, right? Because if yeah. there's magical rocks, smuggling them out and selling them for exorbitant prices seems like a, a gig that a lot of nefarious folks are going to want in on right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's probably also a fair number of you know people that can easily be persuaded to work for crime syndicates that come here. You know, the yeah. rougher pasts and that sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of them are probably sincere in their desire to you know to reform or to do better or just to you know put their past behind them. But some of them are probably trying to exploit the system a little bit. So I don't want to deal with too many like warring mafia things or anything like that. I think like maybe. Maybe two. I, w- I was going to say, you probably want, like, two organized crime families and then maybe a small assortment of local street gangs if you're going to yeah. do a lot with that. So, let's see. So, the two crime families, let's say, okay, we said smuggling. The head of that one's got to be a gnome. <laughs> just, I'm picturing almost like the penguin from Batman, just like this little kind of slimy but kind of scary looking little guy. I forgot the penguin was a villain. And I thought you were talking about the penguin from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> wow, that's that's quite a um, <laughs> that's a little different than what I was thinking. But <laughs> but I yeah. mean, he stole things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. So we got smuggling. I I want to say like loan stuff because like a lot of the people who are going to be in the city have possibly like run away from families that they want to continue supporting. Yeah. Predatory lending. Because that's, that's probably one of those things that's, like, partly legal and partly illegal, and maybe the people are, you know, it's it's all predatory and nasty, but maybe the same people are running both sides of the law, and mm. it's just one big, horrible, skeevy mess. Yeah. Evil finance crimes. Yes. I'm guessing there's probably not a huge amount of, like, drugs and murder for hire in here, because I this is going to be for it's kids. It's a game for kids. So, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am willing to do smuggling and... Also teach them what bad money Predatory practices are. Is, yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's not get into like human trafficking and stuff. No. That's a little grim for children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just stick to those two. And I think like one of them can be primarily smuggling and the other can be primarily predatory lending and 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 there can be a bit of crossover between the two, but but that's that's it. Okay, yeah, so you've, you've got those two kind of, those are the, the kind of the primary businesses of the two major crime syndicates, and then you've got street gangs that do the usual, like, yeah. defend our turf, beat up people who aren't supposed to be here, like, mm-hmm. robbery and burglary and just thefty stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's it for crime, at okay, least all so that I can think going, of for now. Going back to the church, I, I yeah. want to say that that, because of this, this is a lot of, like, more even than usual, like, poverty-centric crime, right? So... Addressing kind of like the root causes of poverty is probably one of the um, the things that the church is really concerned about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they 
maybe they do like tutoring and stuff. They teach people to uh, to read. Yeah. Um, maybe they try and like get new people in with the guilds as quickly as possible. They might even have like some kind of a vocational testing kind of a thing that they do. In addition to feeding the crime problem, I mean, poverty just causes an enormous amount of human misery, and that's the yeah. sort of thing that a church is going to want to address. Mm -hmm. So, or elven misery, or bugbear misery, or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> mortal misery. Yeah, there, there go. you go. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking what you said earlier about the the districts. I was actually thinking of having the center of town not be so high class necessarily. Okay, because if here, so here's here's what I know about cities that are built on a bowl structure. The center of the bowl is going to stink bad. Okay, so maybe it that's will. like, you know, something. though, that's perfect. That's where the church would be. That's where, yeah. like, you know, the people that they need to serve the most are. So. Exactly. And so, so maybe not necessarily that be the poor center, but maybe have it be just sort of kind a bit of a more of a melting pot like like not yeah. not even a working class like a melting pot so like this is where everybody ends up being everything sort of flows to the center and so it's sort of the the median of income there or whatever is sort of middle class but like you have a wide range of people kind of like how in, in chicago the gold coast is right across the street from the projects i didn't know that but yeah sure yeah uh sounds about right so, like, the middle is a big mixture of things, and then you sort of have sort of a spectrum of people sort of going, like, like north to south or east to west. And, and so having the ten surrounding districts be sort of, I don't know, I'm, I'm having difficulty ex expressing this well. Well, okay, so there's probably complementary businesses that go with, you know, these, these various different guilds that we have so maybe each guild kind of has a district so like yeah. the, the miners and the smithing are kind of next to each other mm -hmm. but like and then stone workers and yeah so the mining district is probably right between smithing and stone workers okay carpentry is probably like right next to one of the gates because logs get brought in from the city and then gets worked yeah. into finished goods like the the shepherds there you know where they come and go with livestock and stuff there's probably like a bunch of tanneries and that sort of thing there yeah uh, speaking of that ancient city there's probably a river that comes through this area at some point mm. so i think nearby because if you put a river in a crater it's just gonna pool and you have a lake yeah but i i mean like but... near enough where it's probably used to like move you know the logs yeah, or yeah, um, ship stuff back and forth so maybe the area that the glass workers have also has like a district that kind of sprawls outside the walls and mm -hmm goes up to like some piers and stuff that are on the river where that stuff goes on. Mm -hmm. Shipping stuff by water was super common back then. I mean, even oh, yeah. modern cities are built on rivers because I they're mean, so handy for that. So um, not to get too deep into where I actually live, but like I work in a former logging town and there's a reason why the town I work in is named the thing that it is that I'm not going to say, <laughs> which, which, you know, um, yeah. but, but it has specifically to do with logging techniques. Huh? So, yeah. I'll tell you about it later. It's 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 interesting. So I, I I now have I have a physical map drawn out. I will make it linkable somehow in the show notes. So I've got I'm gonna say to the north we'll have the mines and stuff, and then towards the south southish bit have carpentry, and then on one side of the carpentry have the greenhouses, 
And then, and then you probably want the glass workers next to those. Next to the greenhouses? Yeah, because you need Makes a lot sense. of glass in greenhouses. Yeah. So, Actually, you know what? Maybe it's the Factotum's Guild that ha- is up to the docks, because if that's where like your kind of miscellaneous people are and stuff, there's a lot of kind of work to be had on the docks when shipments come in, but probably not a whole lot in between. So if those people are also adventurers, you know, it's... Okay. It seems so, to kind of make sense. I've actually got a really cool spectrum here. So let's go around starting at like 11 o'clock. Okay. Um, I've got stone workers. Okay. Mines, smithing, glass workers, greenhouses, carpentry, factotums. All right. And then where are the shepherds? Shepherds can be beside factotums. Okay. One more over. And I mean, you know, once again, that probably makes sense, because if you're shipping, like, animal goods and stuff, yeah. you want to be near the river to do that. So okay. whether it's salted meat or wool or leather or whatever else. Yeah. So is that all the guilds? Am I missing one? I think that's all the guilds. I that's think you it. might still have a couple of districts that aren't filled in. Yeah, like, it's 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 not matching up perfectly because there are eight guilds and... Eight, eight so maybe guilds those, and, and eleven districts. So, so, so maybe those are mostly residential. I mean, the mm-hmm. one in the center is kind of like that's got to be like the city district. That's got the church, yeah. the you know, wizards' college. There's probably the the city hall or wherever they meet to you know discuss city business. And then yeah. you've got two more that are basically just primarily residential. So, yeah. Okay, there we go. I have a terrible map. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to start from somewhere, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Anything else that we need to make sure we address, or do we want to call it here? Um, I do want to get a little bit into the immediately surrounding area, because I think part of what the City Watch might do is sort of make people aware of any passing herds of dangerous beasts, and I'd like okay. to know what dangerous beasts there are. I was thinking sort of like rocky, possibly mountainous all right, area? so we don't have a huge amount of, like, magic-y stuff, so do you no. want to say that maybe the area is home to various, like, earth creatures? Because of, maybe yeah. because of the crater and stuff like that, there's just a lot of, like, earth magic kind of permeating the area, so, yeah, like, slides. angry rock men and slimes and that sort of thing are a problem. Yeah. I was also thinking, if we're going any mountainous at all, I'm I'm sort of thinking of a dichotomy between... Earth creatures and sky flying things. Oh, yeah. Like, so you can like have a rock, rock roost yeah. up there or something. I've been, I, I have a very specific idea for a rock encounter that I've been wanting to do for a long time. People don't use them nearly often enough, but mm-hmm. but peritons would be a good thing to have in this area. Yeah. Maybe even, like, griffins. Yeah. Because, you know, peritons are really nasty, but griffins are a little more on the, you know, the kind of the noble beast side of things. and Yeah. They like mountainous areas. You know, they're like part mountain lion, so... Yeah. Rocks. What was the other one you were saying? It started with a P? Peritons. They're like those nasty antlered giant bird things that are like actually evil and mean. (laughs) So they're something that you definitely need protection from. Oh, I found it. Oh, they're cool. I think they're more foresty, though. We can make a, a, a rocky one, though. Well, that first one in the upper left hand corner of the image search is the 5e version. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's very different from, like, the, the classical periton, which is like, it's a deer with wings. Yeah. Yeah, this thing is, is much more nasty. Yeah. And what were earthy creatures again? I know slods. Um, the kids have already had fun fighting a baby slod. Uh, rock elementals. Slimes, actually. Like, any kind of, like, animated mud or anything would yeah. probably... Gelatinous cubes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you get up to higher levels, like some kind of animate lava blob or something. Yeah. 
bugs that maybe they they want you to capture so they can use it in the forge. Yeah. Isn't there a a bug creature that does fire? I mean there's giant fire beetles but they're mostly like walking fireflies that are just massive. Yeah. Yeah, salamanders would work. Yeah. Um I remember there was this thing that was basically like a a burrowing rock spike on the end of a worm thing. It was like Oh, 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 oh. Um Thakwa or something like that or I know what you're talking about. Creature. But it's basically like a heated rock spider or spike on a worm body. Yeah. And whatever those things are called, those would be good. Lava spike heads. That's what they're called. Anyway, I think we've got a good selection. <laughs> yeah. Of 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 creatures. I think we've got a, a decent city. Yeah. I could definitely go on for more, but we've gotten over an hour of audio now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so are we going to wrap it up there then? Or? I think so. I, th- I think I'm good. I think we're good. All right, so um, folks, I hope you found this enjoyable, interesting, hopefully a little bit instructive. Mm-hmm. This was mostly just an illustration of, of how Peter and I creatively feed off of each feed other. Feed off each other, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think with that, we're going to wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you've got anything else. No. I think this is the end of the episode. Yeah. Check us out on Twitch. We stream every Friday. Yep. I think it's Twi- me next. Yeah, it is your turn this week. Um, I don't know what I did the last two in Grant's on vacation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're on Facebook and Twitter if you want to follow us. Just look for Saving the Game there. And if you come to our website, stgcast.org, you will find you know links to all of our social media presence and also our Discord, which yep. has a wonderful crowd of regulars and also some new folks have been joining. So that's been mm-hmm. kind of cool to see. And do check us out on Patreon as well, so you can get in a, a question for us to answer on the air or to see our show notes. And that also just, it, the show continues because our listeners are generous and pay our operating costs, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the Patreon goes back into the show. We are not drawing salaries from no. this. It, it buys stuff for us to talk about, but it mostly just pays for things like our equipment, our hosting, um occasionally like some travel expenses or that sort of thing but it's Very microphones and web hosting and stuff mostly so mm-hmm. and uh, also editing is yes. uh done by justin our sometimes editor so all right with that we are going to call it here uh see you folks next time god bless this has been a production of saving the game All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nihilore.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.